This to me was more of a like, hey man, we're normal people like you guys are. I'm not up. I'm drunk. And then when I'm done with that, I put Vaseline actually around the edges. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to Top's Daily Grind. This is episode number 112. And we have with us a very special guest. His name is Lassie Zabo. He was on the podcast back in January. I think it was episode 96 or something. And uh, we had an awesome conversation at SHOT Show in Vegas. This time he's joining us all the way from France. Yeah, actually, yeah. Are you in Paris or what part of France? I'm sorry? Which part of France? It's the Riviera, the south of France. Is that the fancy part? The fancy part. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I didn't get to meet him, by the way. I didn't get to meet you at Sha Show. Um, Jesus, I usually do. No. Um, the uh, media manager, graphics manager. Yeah, media and, graphics. Uh, uh, you got to meet Edgar and you got to... Did you get to meet John? Yeah, I, I met him. Yeah. But I wasn't there, so it's a pleasure to meet well, you. Were you at Blade? No, I, I don't really do shows. Okay, okay. Yeah, he doesn't like to okay. travel. <laughs> he's weird. He's weird that way. That's not that I don't like. Yeah, yeah. it's it's. Not. it's don't quit right now. It took me three days to get to my destination, and they lost my baggage, everything. Did you have you got it back yet? Nope. Oh, jeez, that was uh, that was last Been week. A- <clears throat> so three days to get someplace. We were supposed to take a day. And oh, then no luggage. <laughs> uh, everything that went wrong went wrong on that trip. Heathrow and British Airways, man, just don't. Where are those They're at? nice people. What? Where are those at? Those Heathrow. Heathrow's in uh, in England. That's the main airport in England, I think. Yeah, it's a sh- it's an absolute shit show. Shit <laughs> <laughs> show. Three but days. The, I mean, that's insane. People- People are very nice, try to help, but, you know, there's not much they can work with. It's just absolutely in a chaos over there. So are you, uh, are you working in France or are you on vacation? No, no, I'm on vacation. Wonderful, wonderful. You're there, yeah. you there with family, friends? Yep, family. Awesome. I brought my son for the first time in France, and we're, you know, scuba diving and, you know, doing cool stuff like that. And the good food and everything. Scuba diving. What's, is... what's a good French dish? Yeah, because go. I don't I don't know anything about French cuisine. Okay, um, depends on the region. Right here, it's you have all kinds of fish because it's you know, but we're by the sea, mm. so mussels and and uh, you know some some local fish dishes. You know what I mean? They're and then if you go someplace else, it'll be something else. But um, it's there's a it's a, it's a there's a huge variety. It's really hard to pinpoint one specialty. Yeah, because I, I heard if you're not if you're not used to French food, it's it's quite different than most other foods. And that I'll you're tell used you to. what, I'll tell you what. This one thing that doesn't exist anywhere else is the type of goat cheese they have right here. Small wine like this. Super dry, delicious. 
delicacy. Does it smell like feet? Hmm? Oh no, it's it's like more than like a Portuguese armpit. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what's the what's the taste like? Like what is it compared? What can you compare it's, it to? It's very strong. It's a very strong. Uh, you know, imagine a sharp cheddar, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You've ever had a sharp, sharp cheddar? Sharp ten, times ten. Oh, you geez. know the sharp. Yeah. Really, I could get down with that. You probably eat it and have yeah, the it's... taste in your mouth for like the next ten days. Is is uh, cotija kind of like that? No, no, no. no cotija is pretty pretty mild flavor, actually. Yeah, it is a mild flavor, but it's kind of like that dry. Oh, yeah, did yeah. We it, oh, there we go. Dry like that, but uh, but no, I don't. I I bet that that's more like uh, there's a there's a cheese in Guatemala. It's not a goat cheese, but there's a cheese in Guatemala that's like super super dry. Smells like feet. Yes. like smell is not good, but it tastes so good. But so, it's real strong. So that that cheese that you're talking about, my father in law, he'll bring like a little bit every year, and he doesn't let anybody else get it but it's so stinky like but he loves it i don't even know how so when you when you go to cut it it just crumbles just falls apart right yeah it's exactly so if you want to bring back to the united states some forbidden shit right you pack your suitcase with this cheese the guy (laughs) the custom opens one he's gonna close it right back he's not gonna look in there (laughs) (laughs) got it (laughs) the wear on top you know what i mean and, and what what do you pair that with, or is it just like something like a so, quesadillas? You get the cheese like that, the little, and then you put it in a cup or like a little plate and pour olive local, local olive oil on it, and you eat this with a, a baguette, a local French bread. Oh man! Mm, yep, that does that does actually sound. I good. could be down with that for yeah, sure. I, I can just imagine because I've heard yeah. people describe it like a dish, and like nowhere during their description does it sound appetizing. But when he said baguette, I'm like, um, oh, you like baguettes? Yeah, <laughs> nice. Is that how you pronounce? How do you pronounce baguettes? In baguette, baguette. I, I, I slaughtered that. that. I slaughtered it completely. <laughs> oh well, I tried. Uh, I took a semester of French and I didn't learn anything. I I know cheese no. is fromage, right? Something like that. There, there you go. Oh, see. And That's... then, and then one sentence you need to learn for for if you go to France, putain de bordel. I wonder what that means. <laughs> yeah, I, I th- yeah, I think I get down. Something about a brothel. Say, say that again. <laughs> putain bordel. Okay, yeah, yeah, I think yep. we got it. Where, where are the putas? Where's the brothel is? of <laughs> prostitutes? Is that is that what it is? Yeah, pretty much. But it's like a, it's a, like the the um the classier the classier. The, the curse word for everything. Oh, okay. There we go. Nice. Oh, okay. Universal. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Universal word for everything. <laughs> Those are usually the first words you have to learn in order to get into the language. Maybe that's why I never got into what? French. Because they didn't teach you the bad words. Yeah. <laughs> they only taught me cheese. If I was going to French first thing, bad words out of the way. Yeah. Maybe I should try it again. Like half of Spanish is bad words, so there's a lot you can learn in Spanish without having to learn... The, the good words. Well, that's because in Spanish, every word means penis. There's always a double meaning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, the re- so, first of all, thank you for taking time out of your vacation to uh, sit down for this shit show. <laughs> and uh, second of all, the main reason for this conversation is the release 
of this guy right here. Cool. Too cool. So tell us about the Zabo Express. Okay. So back in the day, I don't remember when, but I saw a movie and I believe it was Matt Damon. I want to say Green Zone, but Mm -hmm. I'm not sure which movie it was. And at one point, he kills somebody, pulls a, a, a folder out of his pocket, opens it up. It was kind of a large folder with a lot. I don't know what folder it was. He pulls it open and he stabs this dude, right? And I'm thinking, okay, I like the size of this, but the folding, man, I'm not, you know, in, in a really stressful situation. You can't, you can't just, just flip open, you know, you, it's really hard to, to, uh, to have fine motor skills when you're really stressed. And we did this with, uh, just even in training, you know, back to, but you sit back to back and then you're going to, when they say go, you turn around and you start knife fighting. And I'm telling you people, they were wrestling and they would have to take both hands to, to switch from saber grip to reverse grip. There's no twirling or anything. You know what I mean? Only gross motor skills. So I thought, man, I like, I like the idea of a five inch blade, folder to kind of it's the extreme i mean it's right on the cusp of being too big for a folder it's a large folder i like the width because you need you need a wide blade for if it's a it's just a defensive knife then you need a wide blade for wound cavity the greater the wound cavity the more the more lethal it is but i wanted to make it into a fixed blade so i didn't have to you know fumble with the the uh the lock and this and that, you know, folders are great, but they're not meant for combat. They're utility blades. They're not meant for combat. <clears throat> a fixed blade, I can't, what kind of fixed blade will I do a folder in, in a combat situation any day? That's because what... the way that, that express was, was designed, it's just it, in, in the waistband, just grab it and pull. And that's it. It's, it's in battery. And it's just there. you don't have to it and this and that, you know. <clears throat> yeah, it's weird because most don't most military people carry folders because it's yes. more convenient. Yes, and and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but most of the time they're not using a knife in a in that type of situation. Usually, it's almost always their gun. They always have the extra mags. They always have the backup for their firearm. Yeah. And so the knife rarely gets pulled. So that usually they're carrying a folder just so they can cut to open stuff. Yeah, just oh, okay. open stuff. Yeah and stuff like that you know paracord stuff like that but i had a lot of friends i was when i was in the marine corps believe it or not the boys we had a, a joke boy scouts were allowed to carry knives not marines no we're not <laughs> we're not allowed they bar on post you know and uh, that was on camp lejeune so it was i've never seen any you know large knives in the marine corps but when i was in the army man it was all you wanted. Yeah, I think it so. depends on the on the group too. Um, yeah, you know, like uh, when so Dylan, you met you met Dylan. He when he was in a lot of times, it depended on like who the guy in charge was, whether you were allowed to carry a knife at, or not, uh-huh. and and where, and they sometimes they they'd throw a fit if it was not the right color, you know. And so it's yeah. it's it's pretty weird like that. Huh. Yeah. And same way in the police, you know, they, 
we had, I was with a department, you can carry a normal knife. That was their, what do you mean normal knife? <laughs> what does that mean? You know? So as long as it's a normal knife, okay. This so a butter knife. Will- so this giant knife is normal to me. So yeah, normal. Well, exactly. and, yeah, <laughs> normal, depending on where you're from, could be a machete. Yeah, up, up to the chief said, no, that, that that looks too mean. You can't have that. But here's your butt knife. Come on. That's insane. So, Anyways, this, so they don't care because it's, <laughs> we actually have to use them. So, Yeah, so John John wants to uh, John wants to ask you to put your phone somewhere where it's propped up. Oh, now this is me. I think it's, it's I think it's, it's possible. Cause, it's because he wants the video to be smooth. Like this, or or like uh, uh, or like or just up against the, it's like it's bouncing around a lot. There you go. Now. Yeah, perfect. perfect. Yes. We'll go use the bathroom. It's in, it's in. I'll be right back. It's in. I mean, I don't know. I'm balancing this on top of a bottle, so <laughs> anything happen, you know, when I sneeze, it's probably gonna fall. <laughs> no worries. But, no worries. That's okay. John's happy now. I, I see that smile back on his face. He was really, he looked really worried a minute ago. Sorry, they, they promoted me to executive producer. And so. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's not a picture. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he, he uh, I think he tried to promote himself to that. Um, so, yeah, that's that's one of those things where, where a lot of people, they see all these tactical folders. And, and I've always thought the same thing, like, I mean, my level of training is way less than yours and, and probably most guys out there, really. But I've always thought when I see a folder like that, I've always just thought, man, I would cut myself with that because I'm not the oh, yeah. one time I need it, it's not going to open, the lock's not going to engage, and then I'm going to cut myself instead of the other guy. Well, the original Express, it was made by uh, David Moser. And the original Express has a, had a five-inch blade with a five-inch handle. Kind of like a folder, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yep. Same mention, yep. but um, after you know more thought in the in the design, you have to think that most likely you're more likely to get in trouble with an animal than with a human being. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. Any medium-sized dog, if you don't have seven inches of blade or something close to that, you're not going to do anything. They have about, you know, five inches of muscle and, and, and cartilage and stuff like that before you can reach any organ. That's just a regular pit bull, you know? Yeah, and that's a good You're more like an or uh, in a neighborhood. I just got bit on duty not too long ago. Yeah, that's right, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so so it, you have to think, okay, it's really cool to fantasize, but I'm all right. I'm going to kill this guy, you know, this, this sentry, you know, from a, no, most likely chances are you'll never have to use the, if you're a regular person, you'll never have to use this knife to kill somebody, but animals and stuff like definitely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Dog, Especially dogs, a- like untrained dogs and, and, uh, you know, just, just dogs that aren't well behaved in general are, are becoming more and more popular or not popular, but common around here. And you walk, you're walking your Frenchie or something like that. The next thing you know, from you know, you have two pit bulls coming and tearing it apart. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So he I mean? was. So he was talking about how, like, yeah, you could use this on on a on a person, of course, but you're more likely to encounter an animal. Oh, okay. Like you're more likely to get bit by a dog than you are to get like beat up by a person. 
Yeah. And so something like this is is going to be, you, you need that extra reach. Yeah. yeah, if I had this, I would have stabbed the shit out of my neighbor's dog when he killed my dog. Yeah, that exact <laughs> that scenario you were just talking about happened to his dog. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we had a little um, last Apsel. It was, it's almost like a Shih Tzu. Yeah. And the neighbor's dog got into our yard. And when when we saw him, he was just laying there. And oh no! And the the other dog was just kind of walking around him, and so I ran out there, and he ran through the like he got back to the, his side of the fence. Oh, I, lucky! He had bit him already. Oh man, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it was like a, about a year ago, and like like yeah. to be fair to them, like the like it was probably my dog's fault because he's he's one of those dogs that are aggressive in in like yeah. wherever his property is, but. Still, like the, the failure was the fence. The failure was the fence. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so well, uh, that... just, not even a month ago, I got bit on duty trying to serve a warrant. Dang. Was it the? Was and it the? Like, oh, come in. She's gonna bite you. She's protecting. Oh, that's the dogs like me. I walk in. <laughs> <laughs> what type of dog was it? <laughs> I don't know. It was a mutt, but it was medium sized. I was going to say, it's a little then, chihuahua in there. I was pissed, man. <laughs> Did, I had a, we were allowed to wear uh, Solomons on duty. They're, you know, they were cool. Like, shoes, man, put a hole in it. 120 bucks. Did you have to take a rabies shot? Huh? Did you have to take a rabies shot? No, no, I because cleaned it's, it up. It's a, it's a house dog, so they're probably va- vaccinated. Probably, yeah. 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 I would by now. Yeah. I, I've, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. I've read a, I've read quite a bit about rabies. They're fucking scary, dude. It's hard to yeah. If it, once it gets so far along, you're pretty much done for. Yeah, you have to like get it early. Yeah, once you start being afraid of water, apparently. Oh really? Like one of the symptoms is is, is uh is fear of water. Do you have <laughs> rabies? No, I, <laughs> I don't have fear of water. Does I just don't have drinking of water. No, I don't <laughs> have rabies. Hmm. It's just oh, my shitty thing. I never heard the water stuff. That's funny. Yeah, I never heard that either. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, I've, look yeah. up symptoms of rabies. Like, I, one of them is, is fear of water. I've heard that the rabies shot is, like, one of those thick-ass needles, and they have to give right you, there. like, a series of them right in your gut. I think it's seven, isn't it? Like, seven right. shots? I'm not sure. Yeah. i tell you what, though. I'll tell you what. Just yesterday, I had, you know, I had a sore shoulder. And I went to a doctor here in France. Within 15 minutes in his office, I had an MRI and a shot, and I was out. Damn. <laughs> Hell yeah. I still be filling out paperwork. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, the, the insurance would have to approve this. 15 minutes, I shit you not. I showed up on time. He got me in. Hey, what's wrong? My shoulder. No, it's not an MRI. It was a uh, EK, uh, no, uh, ultrasound. Oh. Mm, yeah. You know? Yep. Oh yeah, you have a ten tonight. Here's your shot. Poo. Done. Have a good day. I, I've noticed that, like in other countries, shots are the go-to. Like in Mexico, shots are the go-to for a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. Instead of waiting for a pill, they'll just give you a shot. Hey, there you go. As long as it's not a suppository, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so the so some of the experiences of rabies. Um, I guess it symptoms. Uh, some symptoms. Yeah, it is fear and hallucination. And, so uh, not necessarily just water, but yeah, like you fear, fear in general, general just yeah, irrational fears. You can become aggressive. Yeah. Uh, you can get vomiting, anxiety, brain death. 
foaming at the mouth. You don't have rabies, John? Stick. You're scared of everything, man. (laughs) Well, yeah, every time I, like, I have, like, uh, PTSD now of, like, walking into the office because they're, like, every time I try to walk in, um, they, like, either jump scare me every single time so I can't even, like, walk peacefully inside my office. He, uh, this morning he walked in. He's like, "What's up, motherfucker?" And Leo was there. <laughs> oh man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, John was a little scared on that one. Um, I was gonna ask you um, that design that you have. You had a small. You have a smaller blade with us and a longer. Um, yeah, two completely different blade designs, but this one kind of fits in that gap of the middle. Was that kind of the purpose in the design, or was that just? Like you said, you're kind of explaining um, it's just a design no, I, design. Or it's got nothing to do with I, the other two. No, no. It had nothing to do with the other two. It's just like kind of... Because, yeah, I have, I have 150 designs, more or less. Mm-hmm. Not only knives, entry tools. Um, I have a few patents on things that are, have nothing to do with knives. So when I designed this, this knife, I really had that, that... It came to my mind. I didn't think about anything except that, oh... I want that size folder open, but I want it in a fixed blade because right. that's a perfect, that's concealable, that's quick, really fast. Uh, what is it? 532 the, the stock, it yep. makes it like a razor. You know, it is a, it, it is a defensive weapon. Yeah, because... Um, huh? So, yeah, what I wanted to say is like uh, at shows, when you kind of get to talk with people and kind of show them, a lot of people like... A lot of law enforcement actually um, more than often picks up where I like to show your felony stop. And they're yeah. like, and then I show them the U.S. combat knife, which uh, I don't know if you can kind of show the camera. Jesus. Like there's a huge difference if they <laughs> pick them up and that, that knife, the oh. Express is going to be like a perfect. Uh, I want to, I want to, I, I even told Jesus, I'm like, I like that knife because it's kind of a mixture of both um, in a sense. Well, well, you know, there are three different, three different purpose. Yeah, correct. So first combat knife, it's a military knife. I, you know, I, I, I know I, I told you about it. I, I saw the new, the new Marine Corps bayonet and it's a great, it's the best bayonet I've ever seen. I love the blade, but it's not a fighting knife handle. It is not a full tang. It's not going to take lateral. In, I mean, I'm sure he would, uh, but the ones I heard failed was at the guard. Mm-hmm. And where you put your thumb in the hole, you know, I, then I got a patent for something called the, the bayonet plug to uh, fill that hole with a piece of plastic that you can clip off and on, mm-hmm. you know, like a little pit, mm-hmm. so you can actually use your thumb. But I, I figured it needs to be a real combat knife. Right. So that's why I did that one with a handle that's a full tank handle with a handle that kind of reminds uh, reminded me of the, the K bar, you know, with the ribs. Yeah. The yep. ribbing, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. That, this is like a full military knife where you can just hack stuff up, pry open stuff. Um, you know, so heavy duty. Yeah, definitely. The yeah, felony stop. When I started as a police officer, as a rookie, the one of my fa- first big, big fights was against this. this Dude, this Aryan, you know, white supremacist. He has swastika everywhere. He was he was drunk on some drugs. We got in a tussle, and I remember he- having him in a headlock and punching. And he's not he's not fighting back. I didn't know any. I didn't know what was going on. 
at the time we had a three three snap retention holster. You had to undo three snaps and rock the gun back and pull it out. It was a you know it really was a you I really had to get used to it. Anyways, I'm fighting this guy. My my partner finally comes in. He goes, "Oh my god!" And he kicks the dude so hard in the chest that I he, he knocked the breath out of me. And he told man he hit. The guy had already done my three snaps. He was rocking my gun. I had no clue. No clue. If my friend didn't show up, I was, he was going to execute me right there. Because we were away from everybody behind a building fighting. Oh. He made me chase him over there. He knew what he was doing. You know, hardened criminal. Well, and to and, be able uh, to undo the three pieces of retention in the middle of a fight, that means he, yeah. he was familiar with your equipment too. Oh, At least I, somewhat. He, did. he was rocking the gun. I had no clue. And then I had people try again to grab my gun. I've been lucky four times it happened to me. And I was lucky every, every either they were, I was stronger or, or faster or whatever. But I thought, my God, if, if ever somebody is like knocking me out, he's going for my gun. I need something opposite side of my gun by the magazine pouch to grab a, a knife so I can, you know, shove this in his face or in his neck or something in his eyeball. So he lets go of my gun. Yeah. That's why I designed the felony stop. And on top of it, it's a blade small enough that you, you I can't, I use that all the time to, uh, to test dope. You know, it's, it's small enough to cut a piece of dope and put in a, in a test kit. Uh, what else did I do with that? Oh, I, uh, I witnessed a freaking accident. It was the mayor's mother and uh, a councilman. Boom. They got in T-bone. I had to cut it out. I had to cut her out. Out of car, seat belt and, and bags with that felony stuff. So it's for police work. That's you know that's a great knife for police work. Yeah, and it's small and enough carry, that it's that it's not going to be obvious. You know, people aren't going to yeah. be like, I'm going to take that from him. Um, exactly. It's not going to be like intimidating to the to the person that already is scared of you. You know, stuff like that. Who cares? They should be scared. <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> Fair enough. It's true. Oh, we want, you know, every department now. Oh, it's, oh, it's, it's public opinion. Who cares? You're supposed to be scary. You're not, we're not social workers and, and, you know, you know, candy stripers. You know what I mean? Very true. Well, supposed to I think it's part of that fear that prevents a lot of crimes too. Yeah. Like uh, it's a deterrent. Yeah. 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 It's like in, it's like, I, I see some of the police cars from other countries and they look yeah. cute. They look fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> they don't, they don't look I, scary. They're not intimidating. No. I just spoke to uh, police officers here in town, French cops. Mm. Oh, my God. You can't do anything. You can't do anything. You pull your gun out, you're fired. Oh, jeez. You're done, whether you're right or wrong. You know, oh. Tell me, man, you better. You pull that gun out, you better have dead mm. people around. This guy killing people. And then, and again, they're going to ask you, why do you didn't shoot him in, in, in the legs or something? Oh, God. that's you know? I hate that. That's so stupid. No, I, a SWAT team should be freaking scary. If you're dumb enough to do something that the SWAT team is required to deal with you, you know, and, and thank God, I remember in, uh, in Daytona Beach, I was on the SWAT team over there. Man, we had a horrible reputation. And we just, I mean, horrible. And, uh, like violence, you know what I mean? And I remember I was a new guy. We showed up, people would give up. I said, where's the, <laughs> I'm the rookie, one. you know, 
I mean, we had that reputation. And I tried to bring a camera one time just to record one in the entries. Oh, my God, my ass chewed. Zabo, you motherfucker, that can be used in evidence. Are you out of your mind? Oh, okay. Sorry. You know? <laughs> we had the when you get into a house, you make that house unlivable because this, so they don't deal dope anymore. We break every window, every door. We left CS in there. I mean, it was just, the place was trashed by the time we were done. Then I go to New Mexico on the SWAT team in Santa Fe and it was, everything was, was opposite. We record everything. You take photos of everything. Yes, sir. Do you need your shoes? Are the cuffs too tight? You know, surround and call out pulls out that eight hour call out and they're flipping us off stuff like that. Yeah. Come on, come on, you know, gunfight and they don't want to do anything, you know? So we had a guy who, who he had kidnapped his girlfriend, choked her. Then she escaped and he was in his house. He was live streaming himself with a Glock 19 saying, I'm going to kill the cops that show up and everything. Eight hours with this dude, eight hours. And nobody wanted to do anything because his mom worked for the city. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. So, file a complaint. The guy was shooting through the walls and everything. He finally comes out blazing. And the med, the medic had a beanbag. He shot him with a beanbag. That was it. The dude was laughing at us in the, house, in the ambulance. Oh, jeez. You know what I mean? It's ridiculous. What yeah, are, I'd say the, uh, the, the Daytona style sounds a lot more efficient. <laughs> it was. It oh. was it was a it was a different time though. Unless you it get the was, wrong person, you know, yeah. Thousand. I I actually. Videos, to, uh, there was no- sorry, I, I wanted to ask you and, and stop me if we can't. We'll before just- hold on, before you ask him, I just want to let you know if we have to stop this because Craig doesn't want to up- upgrade to the pro version, um, then sorry. Um, how long? Okay. You, how long did you have it on before we joined? Not very long. But it says we're at forty percent, so I, we might be okay. But just weird. just throwing that sorry. out. Yeah, we'll just have to re- okay. restart. Sorry, John. Go ahead um, and stop us, and might, we we might have to cut this out. But what are your thoughts? Um, because they released the footage of like you were just explaining how the SWAT team is scary, and they just get there, and the people should be scared. But that shooting in Uvalde, once they released the footage, and you saw like officers on their phone. And like the outrage of the people, like what, what, what does that mean to you? That's, that's an embarrassment. It's when we train, even as police officers, when we train for an active shooter anywhere, they tell us you go towards the sound of shooting and you stop that threat immediately. If it's your day to die, then it's your day to die because you're going to save kids. You're not going to, you know, I don't know what happened with those guys, but it's totally contrary to every training I've been to. Every training I've been to, active shooter, you go directly to the sound of the firing. You ask people on the floor, where, where is he? What is he? You know, and you go and you go you as quickly as you possibly can because every second somebody else will die. Yeah. That, you know what I mean? That, you that's... go, go. Don't wait for backup when it's too bad. If it's your time to go. And usually these people are cowards. But by the time they see you, they're going to shoot themselves anyways. Most of the time, that's what happens. Yeah. Of course, we might run into some. Hey, I'm taking you out. I'm taking as many out as I can before I die. That, well, that's your day. That is what you signed for. You're gonna. I don't want to live knowing that I let a kid get shot because I didn't do anything. I'd rather die than than have to live with that. Even though, I can't, I, 
even through all of the training, is there still a little bit of a mob mentality where if if somebody cowards like or or somebody um is is uh extra brave, does that kind of like lead the rest of them to to do more or is it just the training it, is it, what it is? It's very dynamic. You don't have time to think. So what you say, if somebody goes, the first guy goes, you go with them. You don't yeah. leave somebody by themselves. Yeah. You know, so if the, the, the number one guy decides to go in and he's not supposed to, well, you have no choice. You're the driver of this guy. You go with him and people should follow you. So, if, so for example, if in, in this case, if, if the guy in charge, like Howard did, do you think that he transmitted that to everybody else and that's why nobody acted? No. That wasn't it? Number two, push them out of the way. Yeah, okay. so almost every law enforcement person that I've heard talk about this thing says the same thing. It's an active shooter situation. You go. These guys were you treating go. it like a hostage situation, oh, okay. which it was not. But they were acting yeah. like it was, and they were they were treating it like that. Even though while they waited in the hallway, they heard more shots. So basically, they all just fucked up. They yes, completely. and they were being told not to I go in. Uh, they, you know, listen. There was an instance where. We were, we had, as a team, there was a violent domestic going on. You could hear screams and everything. And this dumbass, I'm not going to tell you which agency, this dumbass supervisor, oh, maybe we, should, we need, a, we need a, a search warrant for this. You know how long it takes to get a search warrant for this? And Hours. we told them, to, you know, we didn't say, fuck you. We just went in anyways. No time. Let's go. Boom. Somebody took charge and we went in. That chick was messed up. Any any longer, you would have killed her. Oh, we need a search. No. Exigent circumstances. I don't care if you're a chief of police. I don't care. You tell me not to go and hear kids screaming and shoot. I'm sorry. I Fire me if you want, but I'm not living with this. Yeah. You'd rather you live know? with the consequences of, of acting I, a little bit overboard I, than... How do you... How do you sign up? I've been doing this job for 17 years. How do you, it's my, it really is, it's my, uh, what do you say? It's my vocation, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. My calling, right? How do you live with yourself? If you've been, all these years, you, you said that this is what I am, and then you're not going to do what you're supposed to do when it really matters. Yeah, no, that, one, that one was extra sad because it's bad enough when there's innocent lives, but when they're kids, that's just even even worse. The, the more I see about that one. Now, in Florida, they did the same thing. They waited outside. But there was a, I don't know the sound, but they did the same thing. And these guys, everybody got fired instantly because they were cowards. And, uh, and like I said, man, I just, I've never been in a, a, an active sh shooter situation. And I just pray that if, if the day happens, I just pray I'm going to walk the walk, you know, and then do what I said I'm going to do. You know what I mean? You never know. You know, I've been in shitty situations, so I don't think uh, I would have I would hesitate. But you never know. I so I, I can't I haven't walked a, a mile in or a, a yard in these cops shoes. I don't know what happened. You know, at what point I do really you do you kind of like um, you hold yourself back because like, let's say you're in that situation and you like, you're, you're, I'm going to walk the walk, but what about, 
I don't trust the people around me. I don't think they're going to perform and it'll jeopardize your life. Does that make sense? Like at what point do you kind of juggle that? No, you don't. I've done a lot of hits as a swag guy and, and not as a swag guy. And you know, really you stop thinking when, when you have to, to get out of that vehicle and get the entry. It's you're you're not thinking about anything, but not to screw up. Mm-hmm. You know, this is my job. One job is to breach or one job is to lob that freaking, you know, uh, flashbang in there. I'm going to do that job and then we'll see what happens. Do you, so, I mean, you don't, do you like, I, feel like, I feel like if they had showed up and they weren't sure what was going on, it would make a little more sense to wait, but they showed up and they were there for over, well over an hour. Yeah. They, they heard shots while they were there and like, and the door that they claimed was locked was not locked. There is no excuse. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. no excuse. Yeah. There's yeah. no excuse. Yeah. Just, They're going to have to live with it. Yeah, definitely. Just like a, like you said, it kind of like to, ruins everybody else's reputation because of one, one incident and, uh, like actions that just kind of led the wrong way. Well, you know, people have the tendency, you know, where you, let's say one thing that makes me laugh the most is when I show up by myself at a door, knock on the door, honey, the cops, the cops are here. <laughs> it's only me. <laughs> so people have it all the same. You know what I mean? We're all the same cops. Yeah. That's uh, something. In 17 years, I've sent a, a bunch of people to the hospital. Never once have I been accused of excessive force excessive force i used force just even recently twice never excessively in 17 years you know i have never hurt somebody on purpose well i mean yes uh i've never hurt somebody maliciously in the job i've never gotten even or anything like that never and i've never violated people's rights or anything like that so and if i had i wouldn't be working anymore you know yeah especially in today's world no, especially, exactly. So, oh, a lot of, oh, cops at this, this. I'm sure there are some bad ones out there. And I've seen some bad ones. Uh, heartbreaking stories, you know, the people that I actually admired and then turned out to be actual fucking criminals, mm-hmm. you know. But not not a lot. The worst, the worst thing, you know, they talk about corruption and police department and stealing dope. And I've never seen anything like that. I've seen a guy... I've seen a guy steal money. That was enough. That's the worst thing I've seen. He was stealing money from uh, from the prisoners. You know, when you get their property, and he was keeping the money. You know, that was that was messed up. And he he got fired, and he got arrested and fired. I wanna you you kind of uh, have more of like a different perspective in different countries as like the police works, the jail system. Yeah. What what difference or what benefits do you see in other countries that their jail system has that ours is lacking and why like we're having more and more inmates come back time after time? If I guess oh, the point. It's so funny you asked me this because I met a dude here who's a uh, he works in the. You're good here. Are you good? We're making fun Are of John. I was, yeah, asking, I, was asking, I was asking Craig who the, who the hell that is because he's asking really good questions and, and our John usually asks shit questions. Yeah, he's usually really <laughs> dumb. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs> We're just surprised. Well, I, so it's funny you asked that because yesterday, or is it yesterday, I met this, dude, this guy um, at a gym 
who actually works in, the, in a detention center in France. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, man, here. And because I told him, hey, we, I arrested a guy. I charged him with six violent felonies, including, including one, a second-degree felony that carries 15 years. He was out 12, 12, hours, later, 12 hours later. Mm-hmm. He was out. And that's not the only one. I've seen another guy try to kill a cop. He stopped somebody, rammed the cop, uh, uh, multiple felonies. We finally got him. He spent 18 hours in jail. He was out on his own recognizance. And it's like that in, in New Mexico. I don't know anywhere else in New Mexico all the time. We, we, it's to the point where people, when I take people to jail and they're crying, I said, dude, you know, oh, I'm going to go forever. I said, no, dude, you'll be out tomorrow. What do you mean? I promise you. But my, I have a felony warrant for this, that, and the other. I, you will be out tomorrow. I promise you. Sure enough. It's like it turns into a joke for them. Like, oh, well, I'll just do it again because I'm going to go back. I'm tired to go to jail. I, at the beginning, it was fun when I was young, but now I'm kind of tired of it. Mm-hmm. Multiple – we got guys, they, we throw them in jail every, almost every day. Almost. Mm-hmm. For petty shit. They out the next day. And they're victimizing people again and again and again and again. And they're out the next day. My take on this is the state is broke. They don't have they don't have enough money to house these inmates, and they let them out. Oh, it's not a violent crime. Out. What do you mean it's not a violent crime? You shot his girlfriend. You know, shot up in a house, pointed a gun at people's face. You know, and that's not a violent crime. Out. Twelve hours later. Twelve hours later, he's going back and victimizing the same uh, the same chick. Jeez. You know, geez. and that's the decay. So how do how do you do this? I, I'm to the point where I don't even ask anymore. Yes. You know, chase this for what? Did I mess up? No, just this. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's crazy. You know, that's keep da- possession of dope. Chase this man. And that's dangerous for you guys too, right? As the guys arresting him, like. They get, now they're armed. Every car I stop, there's a gun in it now. There's fentanyl pills. I should show you a picture. We got, we got, a, we busted a chick with. Uh, 1,400 pills, Four, fentanyl pills, two guns, uh, crack cocaine, cocaine, five grand in cash, all kinds of shit. She was at the next day. Damn. How, how, so, so fentanyl Mexico was like the utopia for criminals? Uh, I don't New know. Second most violent state in the union. Jeez. So fentanyl seems to be kind of like the, the thing that everybody's talking about now. Is it that prevalent? Is like... Almost everything you oh, find has fentanyl. It's an epidemic. A year, I want to say, maybe a little more, maybe a year and two months ago, all I saw was heroin. Black tar heroin with needles, caps. I don't see that anymore. Blue pills, 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 pills. For the same price, it'll get you a lot higher. But it'll kill you too because they're handmade in Mexico. They have a pill press and some pill will have a certain amount of fentanyl in it. The other pill will have five times as much. So you smoke that shit and you die. And we have an OD every day, every day. You know, grown men, 25-year-old, 225-pound, six-foot-two men dead on one hit. Yeah, that was that was my next question. Like, how much fentanyl does it take? And so I guess it just depends on the person? them making the pill the wrong way. Yeah. And if, let's say, you're sweaty and you pick up that blue pill, and you sweaty and start to degrade in your hand, and it goes right through your skin. OD. Really? 
Yeah, when we processed those pills, we had gloves and everything. My friend had a uh, Narcan with us just in case. Because all it takes is a, it, it, it's a, a molecule of that shit, man. You'll pass out. That's crazy. You know? 100 times stronger than heroin for the same amount. Jeez. So you're, you're just, so most of that pill is just a binder then, like the amount of fentanyl in it should be really small. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's just, they sell this, these, I don't know how much they cost. I, I believe 10 bucks, the street value, you know, they might, if you buy three, they might throw a free one. You know what I mean? Oh, so, but, so it's cheap too. No, it's cheap. It's cheap. And they get, it'll tear you up. I mean, it gets these people as high as, high as fuck, you know? <laughs> And you know the sad thing about all this heroin is when they start doing this, most of these people are innocent. I met a guy, he was a ranger back battalion. He got his, his back blown off. He was with the VA, he was, he was getting opiates, you know, um, hydrocodone and all that, oxys mm-hmm. for his pain. Well, they stopped cold turkey. So he had to go in the streets and buy that shit, you know, under the table. The same pills, 20 bucks. Well, actually, the oxys are a dollar per milligram. So you have the, the the 80 milligram oxy, it's 80 bucks. You know what I mean? So you had to buy that. And somebody told him, dude, you're out of your mind. Five bucks. Give me five bucks. All your pain will go away. They started him on heroin. He, he told me, man, that the, the second I hit that, I, I shot my vein with that heroin. It was total bliss total bliss no more pain for five bucks and that's it <laughs> and you know i had an accident they gave me dilated a liquid and you know what it did i was in pain i was like this it pumped that stuff in my in my vein all of a sudden i get this warm feeling in my chest beautiful and no more pain and i had a smile on my face it was the best feeling i've ever had and i described these guys when i when i arrest a guy like that i said this is a kid he goes, that's exactly the, the feeling that I got the first time I did it. And you know why people do drugs? Because they can never because get that. Great. They feel great. No matter what it is. When you do that shit the first time, whether it's heroin, uh, meth, cocaine, anything, it will feel great. It feels awesome. Psilocybin. It's even old. better. No. <laughs> no, but is it true that you can you can never get to that? That level that you felt the first time again? Well, let, when I used to talk to crackheads, they said that first time, they said, they, they, a lot of people give me that uh, the same analogy. They said, that first time, imagine that you got in a car accident, your wife and your kids died and you got burned half your body, right? You're dip in pain and totally depressed. You hit that crack pipe for a half hour, all that pain is gone. Mental and physical. But when it stops, you feel even worse. And the same amount of crack, it's not going to last half hour anymore. It's only going to last 20 minutes. So you do more crack and more and more, and the feeling lasts less and less and less and less. You know, that's why they call it, you know, sucking on the devil's glass dick. I'm sure I know they call that. that. (laughs) You've never heard that? No, I've never heard that before. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In the hood, that you know, sucking on the devil's glass dick. It's the, I tell you what, I saw sh- stuff in 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 in, uh, in Española where I work. People with rotten limbs, 
literally zombie legs, rotten, sinking up in an apartment building, still alive, and still freaking injecting that shit. I'm telling you, if you don't believe in the devil, go work over there a little bit. You will, I promise you, you'll believe in the devil. Whoa. If he does, if he does live there, he definitely, he definitely works there. It's horrible. We'll have it's to take your word. What... Man, that's crazy. That's scary. Oh yeah. I, I mean, uh, I want to, another question. I mean, just it's on the, I, my back burner. I've been stacking up and answer if you want, or maybe everybody can like. Just ask your damn question. Yeah, just John, ask the question. Just ask the fucking um, question. Jesus, dude. <laughs> <laughs> do you, what do you think is the problem? In Mexico, you hear and you see, and uh, like firsthand, if you've ever been there, you can see that the crime, the government, it's just a shit show. Everything yeah. is corrupted. Do you think we have something well, similar I, here? I don't know. I, I can't say it's corrupted or not. Mm-hmm. Okay. All I can say, and and I want to be, I don't want to be sound like I'm a political, uh, I don't want to sound political because really I'm not, but my observation is any state or city run by a, a liberal government mm-hmm. is horrible as far as crime and homelessness and drugs and all that stuff. It seems that their priority is for the criminals and the drug addicts and not the working citizens, you know what I mean? Right. Priority. And they don't care about, you know, oh, you have a job and then you pay for that. Or you, you know, too bad. You know, they, they burglarize your house, hold you at gunpoint, they're out the next day. What right. justice is that? Right. So I think they wash their hands uh, from, from the, um, the obligation they have to the victim. You see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The victim now is secondary. It's that poor guy. That poor guy, he needs to go on a on a program to detox that he's he's forced to commit those violent crimes because he's addicted. Addiction leads to, to property crime, big time. Bad addiction would lead to his property crime, but robberies and, and violent I mean physical violence. Mm-hmm. So what? it's not on his grudge. And that comes from this all comes from education. Because there's no way you're going to stop these drugs from coming in. And you no way you're going to stop these people from using those drugs. I've been in a house where the son, the father, and the grandfather was in a table. And they were all sharing heroin. The son, 14 years old. And the dad was showing him how to do it. Ugh. It's a cultural thing. It's a huge cultural thing. Really? In Florida, when I was working in Florida, it was all crack cocaine. And, and pills. I come, I've had in six years in Florida, I saw heroin one time. It was in a powder form. I come to New Mexico. It's all, it's all heroin. Everybody. It's a culture thing. And if you say, if you talk about race, oh, no, you're racist. No, it's, it has to do with culture. I don't care what race you are. It's the culture you're, you're grown in. And then that will, you know, that pretty much. You know, certain crimes are done by cer- certain culture more than others. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. What What are your th- you know, huh? What are What are your thoughts on what the president of El Salvador is doing, where he's just like going after him hard, like Listen, gang, I, all the gangs? I, you know, I wouldn't be doing this job if I didn't believe that any everybody needs everybody is unique. Every case is unique, and everybody needs to be. Treated, I don't care who you are. They need to be, unless, you know, child rapists, they don't. But anybody else, they need to I treat them with dignity, no matter what. 
And I don't know what they're doing over there. I don't know if they're killing everybody for drugs. I know in Philippines they were they were killing everybody involved with drugs, executions. You know. No, I I can't imagine something like that. It's I wouldn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. So in El Salvador, what I, they're what they're doing is if you're even remotely related related to if if, if they feel like you're part of a part of the MS13 gang you have tattoos yeah. you, they're they're just rounding up everybody and the the way they're treating them now in prison they've they've taken i think they only get one one, one meal, meal and they only and get one hour outside they took away like uh so before what the president said was people outside of jail were starving and the people in jail were eating chicken and were eating oh, well. Yeah. And so he took that away. And he's arrested, I think it's over like 60,000 people. Yeah, and he said there's going to continue arresting. Of course, of like a, a year or half a year or something like that. It's insane. It's like we a, have, the states, we have the Constitution. We can't do shit like that. You know, it would, can you imagine? It would be a revolution. Oh, yeah, of course. But something it, like that. Do you think... Well, like you said, it's it's unique to every like situation. Yeah. But you know, I when I started this, I'm an import. I was um, I came to this country. I was I was naturalized citizen. I was not born here, and this country has given me so much from the get go that um, I decided I was going to dedicate my life to serve American people. Mm. When I was in the military, I was serving my government. The government that was in place at the time, I was doing my government's work. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. The police officer, I can take care of every American people I I, I, need, I I meet and I deal with. I can treat them the way they should be treated, with dignity. If they need to be in jail, they, I'll take them to jail. But they're American people. If you go overseas, you're in war, and an American people is wounded, you don't leave them behind. This whole epidemic of shit. We can't say, it's too late to say, oh, nobody forced them to put that in their veins. It's too late. The problem is too big. You got to treat them like, you got to treat it like COVID, like an epidemic. You know what I mean? It's an absolute epidemic. It's much deadlier than COVID, I promise you. And every one of those guys are American people. And you need to, we need to save these guys. Need these people. I mean, you know what I mean? Women are, are you know, we can't leave them or let them die. No. Don't leave an American behind. You've got to do anything you can to, to help these people. So if it means instead of going to sending him to jail, to send him in a, in a program, uh, then that's what I do all, most of the time. Unless it's a violent crime. Yeah. Uh, a violent criminals needs to be locked up. I don't believe in punishment. Punishment's for little kids. If you're a grown man, it's not a punishment. If you kill somebody, listen, Nothing personal, but we need to remove you from society. You can't function in society. You're going to kill somebody else. That's why we're locking you up. It's got nothing to do with punishment. It's for preservation of innocent people. You know, if you're a serial same thing. You need to be locked up forever. Child molesters and everything. I'm sorry. These guys need to be shot, you know, like uh, Philippine kind of style, if you ask me. A child, uh, you rape a three-year-old and you're going to, they're going to let you breathe? Are you kidding me? Yeah. No, I, the, I, was, I don't think that was one of my questions. I was going to ask you the, your your point of view on uh, on the so you just what was it called when they rehab the death penalty? Oh, the death penalty. Death penalty. Well, I, listen, you rape a three year old. 
or you kill the child for your own your own deviant pleasure, you need to die. Agreed. You need to, you know, absolutely. Now you murder somebody. There are there are circumstances. Okay, if you're sicko and you murder people for your own pleasure because you're sick, you need to die. If you're wearing a fight, you know, you find your your wife being boned by some dude, and he, you know what I mean. Circumstances. Maybe you're not. You don't need to die. You need to be locked away for a while. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the, rape, the punishment should definitely fit the crime. And it, I, you know, it our justice system is not perfect. It's really far from it. And I would I would I would go as far as saying that justice, that the law, has nothing to do with justice. Actually, it's quite opposite. Yeah. Because people get away with shit because the law says. Yeah, they find loopholes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Or, you know, loopholed or, or just, oh, you didn't sign that, that receipt for evidence. Evidence is thrown. Something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, what no are, evidence. Case to yeah, what are you, because you're, you're saying about that some of these people should be treated like uh, they should get rehab or something. What are your thoughts on like yeah. what Portugal has done, where they legalized everything, but they try to help people? I, 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 we're far, we're too far gone for to to uh, try. If you, if you, but let me finish what I was going to say. Yeah, go ahead. I, I still, I was going to say that I still believe in our justice system. Out of everybody, everywhere in the world, I think it's the best we have. You know, um, but as far as Portugal, you're exactly right. The worst thing, addiction, any drug addiction is 90% mental, 90% mental. Do you, you don't do drugs, right? No. Okay. Let's say I kidnap you and I, I, I shove heroin in your arm for six months, right? Yeah. Once you finally get free, you're going to go to the hospital. You're going to get the shakes and all that stuff. But once you're done, you'll never do it again because you are not, you are not, you didn't need that, that stuff mentally. So you can't take these people to to uh, to a detox and everything, they'll go right back. I sent. I remember a guy named Zabo, as a matter of fact, in Daytona Beach. He was he had a five hundred dollar monkey on his back every day, heroin and crack cocaine. Damn. The guy was he was a smart guy, and he was such a pain in the ass. One day I catch him with a crack bite on a trespass site. I I I sent him to, to to jail with it, and I write it on the report. I write Your Honor. Mr. Zabo is an absolute nuisance in the city of Daytona Beach. It's time to do something. He's always back in the street. Holy shit. They kept him for a year. I forgot about it. And one day, and it was during bike week on uh, Main Street, I was with my partner, and I see this big guy, and he's already dealing dope. He's doing a dope deal. I said, holy shit, I'm going to have to deal with this. He looks familiar. A big, like, yoked. Poor it's a god man I don't want to go tussle with this dude you know great so we go anyways it was fucking Zabo he had he was out of jail for a year he was he'd been in jail for a year he was out just that day few hours okay three meals gym he was three times his size first thing he wanted to do was to smoke crack when he got out free of any physical addiction you know yeah it's all meant 90% mental if they don't go see a shrink or the one they want to call it a, uh, you know, counselor now because a shrink is, you know what I mean? Yeah. They need to see something. They need to go reach in there. Why are you starting this? And of course, the more, and it's got to do with 
self-esteem, a huge self-esteem has got to do. It has a huge part in it. Because you feel shittier by what you did. You just sold your ass for a piece of crack. You're not going to, you know, yeah. be okay with it. You're going to need more to forget about this, you know. So I'm, I had guys that told me, man, I'm so, you know, I'm a man and I've done things. They were sucking dick for a piece of heroin. 21-year-old kids. And they have to live with this. That's how strong the addiction is. So they're not going to just go feel better about it. They're going to It's a whole process they have to go through. All those drugs are dissociative. You watch it. Once you do those drugs, you watch your life through a TV screen. It's, it's not, you're not living it yourself. It's a dissociative thing. So you don't want to deal with your, your self-esteem and stuff like that. So you get a guy for a possession. You think, you think throwing him in jail is going to be great for his self-esteem. Not only he's going to find dope in jail, when he's going to come back, he's going to feed, he's going to be, he's going to keep, you know, feeding even more. You know, that jail for addicted people is the worst place in the world. They need to be, they need to be institutionalized, but you can't because the money is it's staggering. You know, you, you throw a guy in jail for a day, forget it. It's, they have to get clear about a hospital first. That is already, that's two grand right there. Just the, the ER visit for a doctor to tell, okay, you're good to go to jail. My time, the paperwork, the judge and all that stuff, for a, peep, for a freaking crack pipe or a joint, right? You're already $5,000 the state has to pay just for that. Just to let them go. And then, so, to, and then to do that with counselors instead. But then now you're paying oh, even it, more. Imagine. Now you get, you get a shrink in there, another doctor, and they have to, hey, we're talking about tens of thousands of dollars by the time it's over. They don't have the money. They yeah. don't have the money. These people need to be supervised like in boot camp. Tell, they have to be told what time to get up, what what shoe to put on first, how to brush your teeth, go there. Now you're going to eat breakfast. You, that's what you're going to eat. For a while, they're going to have to be doing, doing this. After a year of this, they can move to another, you know, to another level where they have a little more freedom, you know, and there still has to be supervised by people that went through the same same stuff. We have a program called the Rewrap Program and the, all the counselors were hardcore addicts. That made it out. Because I can I can tell the guy, oh, I'm sure you're living hell, but I've never done drugs, so how am I supposed to know how you feel? You know? Yeah. I say, I know I know you're probably living hell, I can tell. It's probably horrible, but I don't I have no idea. Go talk to Mona, you know, Go talk to Rico, uh, and they uh, they know exactly what they're going through. They know the thought process, and they can help them out. And I've been I've been sending as many people as I can. You know, and of course my my uh, um, my partners and all that stuff. My my coworkers. Oh, it doesn't work. You know, throw me in jail. You know, no, I'm gonna give it a try because it's the same thing. They come out the next day, or I send them to reroute. I kick them loose. Here's the phone number. You have an appointment tomorrow. They'll buy food for you. And, and uh, there's a few that made it out. They got a job. They got the family back and everything. So this is not perfect, but it's the best thing we have. Should be more detox, like detox does not work. And the main problem in the U.S. is drugs. Not anything else. 90% of the crime committed in the United States is because of drugs. Dang. Yeah, and maybe I promise. Even, uh, and maybe more people that care like you do, because you get through 
you get a lot of people that it's just that see it over and over that stop caring and they they figure out why why care. Everybody's doing this job for different reasons. You know, I yeah. thought it was gonna be the democratic thing I could do for this country that allowed me to do everything I ever wanted to do. You know, that's the least I can do is to to repay. You know, that's awesome. the opportunities I got from from when I. I became an American citizen back in 1995. Wow. That <laughs> I one. went into the Marine card, you know. Do you think if we took John's vape away from him that he would suck dick to get it back? <laughs> um, I don't know, maybe, probably. Because, I mean, he wanted to fight Edgar <laughs> moments after he thought Edgar had taken it from him. The, the, the closest thing I, I can relate to the, to the people about with the drugs is the food thing. Like, for me, that's what's, like, what's hard for me to give up is, is trying to have a good diet. Because, like, I'll try it and then I'm right back to eating unhealthy bread. And, like, I know it's not the same, but... Mouth pleasure. Is, uh, yeah. Uh, Horrible. Well... No, oh, it's not the same. No, of course not. <laughs> yeah, you're not sucking dick for, uh, for no, a piece of cake, are you? No, for a or a baguette or whatever. <laughs> yeah, no. No, I'm not. I'm not doing any of that. That's good. No, it's an absolute nightmare. It's, yeah, it's, but... it's evil. I, I can't think of anything. You know, we, had, we, I, we deal with, with women with the last one had behind, below the knees, her, her limbs were rotten falling off the bone kind of zombie kind of stuff this dude never called the cops for him for anything he moved her into a car because she was thinking up the old apartment building people were complaining he moved that chick to a car he was having sex with her like this uh, and one day oh and boom she died he, he rushes to the hospital the entire er smelled like that and when i saw her i couldn't believe it. i said no nah, bullshit she was she was dead a week ago, at least, look at her legs. There were maggots and everything. She was alive two hours before she came in. 20 minutes. The doctor was there. You know, nobody could go in. They were puking. I'm, I was taking the photo, and the doctor said, yeah, man, touch, you know, I touched her skin. still warm. Nobody called the, the cops. Nobody could. Her mom never called the ambulance with her legs. that rotting away like that, stinking, like rotten flesh. And that because she was injecting freaking heroin in her legs still and that dear boyfriend was having sex with her like that wow that's evil that's horror movie demonic uh, shit seriously you know what I mean and drugs will make you do shit like that damn god I never touched drugs wow that's fucked up heroin and crack will make you do shit like that for you what's the worst is heroin the worst no, I, you know, no, I think the most dangerous right now is fentanyl because people are dying left and right. And then if they're not, they're getting addicted so bad. They're like I say, they're, you know, there's total zombies. But the worst thing I think, honestly, is crack cocaine because you don't, you don't, I've seen, uh, the, the counselors I told you about mm-hmm. one of them, this guy was Nico. He looked like a, he looked like a, a movie star, man. He's a really cool guy. Really, a lot of charisma. His entire forearms is like leather because he didn't have. He, it was like a whole scar tissue. The entire forearms, because he was he was on heroin for forty years, Jeez. forty years. Oof. 
in the entire lifetime he was on heroin. But he made it out. You have functioning heroin addicts that have a job and everything. You don't have crackheads that are functioning. They go nuts, they die, or they stop. Crack cocaine is the worst. Really? Jeez. I mean, as far as addiction goes, as yeah. addiction-wise. Right now, we're in, like, an era, too. Um, I'll kind of sidetrack a little bit of, like, social media. And you can see everything, and everybody records everything. So, like, those interactions that you get, like, that are terrible, uh, people are posting them, and you're seeing them, and you're getting, like, this bad uh, message because of the police. Um, how do you handle – I'm sure you've ran into, like, that – we call them Karens now that just oh, – yeah kind of like absorb everything off the internet. So their view on like a, just a police stop and you see those on TikTok all the time that they'll start yelling at them. You murder, even they if know the they, they know the full they know the, of the law. They're lawyers yeah, and they're lawyers, yeah. they oh, yeah. saw a few TikToks of how the cops, like just like you said, there's always bad cops and uh, they, uh, they take that perception of a cop and they just outrage on you when you pull them over, even though you've probably never ran into them in your whole life. Uh, what's, no. what's, what's your well, question? I tell him, come on, you can, is that the only thing you can regurgitate from what you saw? How do you control you know, it? I tell, I tell him, why you mean to me? I, I didn't do anything. I just walked up. I, you know, I said, hello. Yeah. Why are you so... Do you, do you ever get people that try to test your patience, though? Like, that's how I can't... Of course. That's where, how, how do you control yourself from that? It's, it's not that you have to... You have, there are some people that, no matter what you say, they will never understand... They, They'll never, they'll they'll never get it. Mm -hmm. You can politely forever. Nope, they still be the asshole. The second the second you start raising your voice and say enough with your shit now, you know you're gonna go there or you're gonna be arrested. That's what you want. Turn around. No, no, no. All all of a sudden they understand that. No, some people silence. And if you're nice to them, they 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 look at this as a a former, and they lose respect. You know, some not all of them. I've had people where that uh, I, I calmed down, I sat down and said, this is the process. What I don't like is, is cops that are uh, that are condescending. You say, talk to the judge. They don't say, get in the car. They won't talk to these people. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell them exactly what the process is. Listen, you're, you're, being, you're under arrest because you have a felony warrant for this. But I went to court and said, listen, the judge wants to see you on this. If I don't take you to jail, I... I am in contempt of court. I could lose my job. Talk to the judge tomorrow. This is what's going to happen. You're going to get to the. You're going to get processed. They're going to take your picture. We're going to make sure we'll, we'll, you'll make a phone call. Do you want me to call somebody for your car? You, you know, pick up your car instead of towing over. Yeah, I'm trying to. It's going to suck. And I tell them, listen, you'll be out tomorrow anyways. It's just going to be an inconvenience for tonight. Yeah. You know, try to explain to them the process. If your mom was arrested, I'd like somebody to be explaining, you know, or my brother, you know, this is what's going on. Right. It might be at my level, I have no choice, but I have to take you to jail. Is that something that but, they, but, but, they emphasize on your training to keep cool? Or is that your thing? Well, you know, they say that, it's, you know, the, a lot of the training is kind of a wash my hand. Oh, they got the training. They're mandatory two hours training for mental illness, you know, dealing with mental patients. And then it falls on you. You beat up, a, a, you know, some guy with mental issues because he was violent. They sue. Oh, it's the officer's fault. Look, he got the training. The, 
the agency never told them to do that. You see what I mean? Yeah. It's just like wash. So hands. it's a lot of trainings are, uh, you know, we're, we're becoming social workers mm-hmm. that with a gun. That's the problem because social workers can do things that we can't. They certainly can do things. They cannot do things that we do, you know, and the police should be, it should be still a force not to reckon with. Yeah. You call the cops. It's bad news. Usually, you know, if you run into a police officer, it's never good. Never. Because either they're going to give you bad news or they're going to arrest you and write you a ticket. So that's why we're not really popular. You see what I mean? Yeah. But I'll tell you that, I have saved personally. And not I'm not talking about, but uh, I'm talking absolutely, literally, save people from dying more than most firemen. You know? Mm-hmm. I, I, Narcan people give them CPR and everything. Brought them back to like, I lost some. But I brought a bunch of them back to like more than the more than the, uh, the EMTs and all that stuff because we have to go now. They don't go to a scene unless we clear it first. Mm-hmm. So I don't care how what kind of medical emergency we have, we have to go first. Make sure it's safe for them, you know. And they it's not it's the law. So they these dudes are they can take care of themselves. It's like you know how, we're gonna do, be okay. Do you but, get some of these people that you've saved their lives have have any of them been like really grateful where they've changed the way they are no. or really? No, there's one dude, two guys where the next day they said, really? Zabo was I dead? I said, yeah, dude, you were fucking dead. I had to pull you off the bed. This dude was six, eight. I remember oh, he shit. went on a binge. Uh, he was the worst burglar in the, in the town. He was the worst pain in the ass in that city I worked in. And I got hate mail when I saved him. You should have let him die. I mean, from people, he was such yeah. a pain in you. Even my coworkers, man, what the fuck did you do that for? But anyways, the guy went on a on the meth binge, didn't sleep for eight days, and then he gets to he goes to a girlfriend and pops a bunch of Valium. Well, fuck, he stopped breathing, you know. And so I, I give him CPR and everything. I, the ambulance got him. They they clean him up. The next day, he was out, out of the hospital. Guys, if I get a five hundred dollar phone bill. Oh yeah, you're on Wi-Fi, no? <laughs> I, I, it says data. Oh, oh shit! God damn it! Tell me you're kidding. <laughs> this might be no. a really expensive video call. Well, hey, that's worth it though. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> oh no! If you don't pay, they'll just send you to arrest yourself, right? That's true. Yeah, they can't arrest you. That's true. You can say. Yeah, uh, yeah. You can say no sabo. <laughs> exactly. No, no fuck. No, <laughs> you dropped the ball. Uh, Swing and a miss. Okay, yeah, whatever. That was anyway, bad. That was, let's. <laughs> you're, so, you're saying. Go ahead. Got him to the hospital. I don't, where were we? You got him to the hospital. The guy that you didn't want. Oh, you saved. Yeah. Yeah. Got him to the hospital. The next day, he asked me, "Zabo, was I really dead?" I said, "Dude, you were dead." Oh my God, he was. Like, but he went back to doing the same thing. It happened also in Santa Fe. The guy OD'd in a, in a motel room. The, the, whoever was with him, they, they threw him out the door. The needle still in the arm, right? Didn't help him out. I go and give him CPR and everything. The ambulance comes. They, you know, they uh, give him Narcan and everything. I went to see him the next day. He said, man, they, they, they threw me out? I said, yeah. 
whoever you were with, whoever you were with, just threw you out of the, the motel room and closed the door behind. I never, I don't know who did. And he's probably with his girlfriend. But he was back doing the heroin the next day. Dang. You know? Yeah, it's a mental thing. That I, and that they, they give us a call. He was broad daylight next to his truck. He was already gray. He was already gray. Put two Narcan in his nose, and I'm starting doing, you know, but, 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 uh, chest compression number 60, I get a pulse. Right? I mean, the guy was dead. And they sent me to another OD where that guy was dead before I arrived. There's nothing I could do. I go back to the scene to see how he was. He was already gone. He refused transport. He walked away from being dead. Oh, <laughs> holy shit. Dead. He was dead. Blue, gray and blue lips and dead, like, you know, eyes, glossy eyes and everything. I brought him back to this. I'm telling you, man, I stub my toe, I'll die for real. You know? And these people, I'm telling you, New Mexicans are the toughest people I've ever seen. You know, brought back from the dead, he walked away and went back to work. What's that Narcan thing you mentioned? It's a... It's a it, bl- it blocks the opiates from entering your system. Oh, okay. It's a, in layman's term, it's, it stops the opiates from fucking you up. Fucking you up even more. So yeah. it's not, so it's not like adrenaline. It's not, it's not anything like that. It's, it's specifically to like stop the action of the drugs. You put in your nose, you probably have an aftertaste of soap or something like that. That's, they won't do anything to you. You know, I don't think anyways, we're not, we're just expert on putting in people shoving and putting nose. That's it. You know, never heard of that before. I've, oh, heard, we, I've heard of it, but I didn't know exactly what it was. All the time, the the, uh, the drug addicts we deal with, they have stacks of them because they're giving it away. And we don't have any. <laughs> you know what I mean? Jeez. <laughs> so they're like, hey, if you go a little too far, just, you know, hit yourself with one of these. Like, yeah, no, but that's why my friend, when you, you, you're processing fentanyl and shit like that, they're on standby next to you with an Narcan just in case you, you go, whoop, you know? <laughs> oh, it shit. Happened. Yeah. Damn, I wish it would have been here. So there's the lag is what's the lag, yeah. killing it. So, Lassie, thanks for joining us, man. We we appreciate this a ton. The new knife, the the Zabo Express, is going to be for sale. If you're listening to this, it's going to be for sale probably within about a week of when you uh, of when this podcast drops. Uh, we're looking at the full MSRP on this is going to be two hundred and forty dollars for the single edged version. And two forty five for the double edged version. So once they're in dealers, you'll see them probably two hundred bucks or less. That's awesome. And I tell you what, you guys did that. You did such an awesome job. I'm telling you, man. This the uh, the uh, custom model has nothing on this one. You know, really, it's, this is at least as good as the, the custom one. Feels really good too. It's light. Oh, it's, yeah. it's 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 nice. like way lighter than it looks. You pick yeah. that up and you're like, "Oh shit, that's yeah. that doesn't weigh anything." And now, now it's a more weapon than a tool. Yep. Was was the name Felony Go on the list of names possible names for this at all to go with the Felony Stop? Oh, jeez. No, the well, Felony. <laughs> you're gonna have two designers that don't like you anymore. Ah, oh, Jesus! You don't. You're like What's John today with your jokes, man. I know somebody has oh, to be. Uh, EJ Snyder doesn't like him. 
Yeah, he does. He just Snyder likes me. He almost beat your ass. He threw me in the bathroom. Oh, like you're real popular. It's fine. Bobby Bushcraft and Bushcraft Kelso. One of the beat your designs with us. But Lassie likes me, huh, Lassie? Not yet. That's a no. He said no. That's fine. <laughs> he just started at me. <laughs> oh, their audio. The audio's gone. Oh, is it? Is your audio good? Yeah, my audio is oh. good, but I, I didn't track. Oh, sorry. It's because EJ Snyder, another one of our designers, doesn't like him. So I mean, doesn't I, like me. Apparently, you're just him. But you might be the no, no. second. Say that again. Uh, he- <laughs> a lot. He said he hates you a lot because it cut out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll let people interpret what he meant. <laughs> Sounds good, though. Okay. Uh, say that again. We missed it. <laughs> it. It cut out again? Yeah, just the beginning. I said you guys. Oh, we love you, you too, man. We love you too, man. Thank you so much. It was, it was a pleasure meeting you, by the way. Enjoy Hopefully the rest of your vacation. Meet, meet you in person. Yeah, and enjoy the rest of your vacation. Thank you, you guys. All right, take All right. care, man. Take care. See you, man. See you. You got it? Okay. I hope he beats your ass when he sees you, Jesus. Why would he do <laughs> Awesome. All right. Yeah, we'll don't do that. Later, man. Okay. Thanks again, Lossie. Take care, man.